Visionary Life isn't your average podcast. We record in-person interviews, we have real unscripted conversation, and there are no limits to the questions we will ask. And we learn the truths about what it takes to run a business from visionary entrepreneurs. My name is Kelsey Rydell, and I am the host of this weekly show. The intention behind our content is simple, and that is to help you live and lead your most visionary life. In each episode of the podcast, we chat about what it looks like to live an inspired life in our chosen career paths and entrepreneurial ventures, in our health, and in our daily routines. Each episode features conversations with people who are living life a little bit differently, from six-figure business owners who have created the company of their wildest dreams, to startup entrepreneurs who vulnerably share the highs and lows of turning their passion into a lifelong project. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread. And that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. However, for many of us, somewhere along the path, someone told us to hide it, to play small, to play safe. This show will help you break down those beliefs and inspire you to live life on your own terms, to take more risks, to actually follow your heart and set bigger goals, and to make tiny leaps each day that will lead you towards living your most visionary life. It's in you, it's in all of us, so let's dive in. You're listening to episode 34 with Katie Hegtewit, the founder of Bootcamps for Change. Katie was inspired to found Bootcamps for Change after nutrition and fitness saved her life at the age of 13. As an empathetic, lifelong volunteer with vulnerable populations, she began to develop strategies to directly address health inequities and employment gaps in her community. A passionate firecracker, Katie is determined to change how the population views street youth by removing accessibility barriers to employment education, life skills, as well as fitness and nutrition programs to close the loop. She is currently pursuing her postgraduate education in philanthropy and nonprofit leadership so that she can continue to follow her passion, both locally and internationally. This interview with Katie had such a profound impact on me, and there seems to be a little bit of a theme with my recent obsession with a man named Scott Harrison. You might have heard me chat about him. He's the founder of an incredible organization called Charity Water, and I read his book, Thirst, that just came out, and have been listening to his message and his vision for the charity, which is so unlike any other charity charity I've ever seen before. Uh, but I've been listening to his story on countless podcasts and reading it on countless blogs. And there's just such a common thread between Katie and Scott. These two philanthropists are giving so selfless selflessly to those in need with such a passion and heart for doing so that it's honestly contagious and a little bit infectious. It's making me question what can I do next that will make a greater impact. Before we get into today's episode, I do want to just give you a brief life update. Um, There's always lots going on around here and I feel as though the podcast is The perfect place for me to share it, aside from Instagram stories, which I do from time to time, well, maybe more than time to time, I did see my screen time that the new iPhone app, it just shares how long you're online, and holy crap, I was a little bit overwhelmed. But anyways, let's start off today's episode with just a brief update, and then we'll get right into the show. So first, I am overwhelmed with the fact that it is already October 28th. 
October has gone by so fast and the fact that our wedding was a month ago just seems so surreal. A lot of you guys have been asking me how married life has been and truly it has not been all that different. Um, Dave's been traveling for the last 20 or so days so married life has been kind of feeling lonely I guess. Um, But the good thing is I have been head down in my work during the last 20 days that he's been gone. I feel as though I am in a new season of my own business where I'm finally tuned in again to exactly the direction that I'm driving things, where I want to go. And you've probably seen some teasers of some really exciting upcoming programs that I'm launching. And Something about November has me totally fired up. So right now I'm getting all the pieces in place so that November is just a rock star month and just hitting some new milestones for me and for visionary life and for the launch of the visionary method. You may have also seen me chat about an upcoming five-day challenge that I'm going to be running, and that starts next Monday. And so the whole idea behind this challenge is that I hear so many people say, oh, I want to start a business, but XYZ, or I have this great idea, I just don't have time to start with it right now, or I really wish I could work for myself and get out of my job. Okay, so I've created something for you, or if you know someone who says these things, this is the Idea to Income 5-Day Challenge. It's for anybody who has an idea or who maybe has already started a small business but just needs to kind of go through the initial five steps again. And we're all going to be continued to face faced with ideas for the rest of our life. So this is a great process to repeat every single month or every single year. So what we do is over the course of five days, Monday to Friday, I'm going to give you a workbook, an exercise, and one step or one key pillar that's going to help you figure out whether your idea is viable and whether you can truly create a business around it. So I am so beyond excited that this has finally come to fruition. I know lots of you have already signed up already, so thank you. I'm truly grateful that you want to join. And the easiest way for you to get involved, again, it's totally free, is just to head to my website, kelseyridle.com challenge. Okay, so back to today's episode. If you want to be inspired by a woman who took her passion for breaking the cycle of poverty and has turned it into a nationwide organization with over 20 team members, you are in the right spot. Some of the topics that we cover in today's episode include the importance of volunteering and making it a priority in your life no matter what age you are. We talk about the real definition of failure and how it should simply be when you don't start something that's near and dear to your heart. We talk that you're never too young to begin building your passion project. So whether you, the listener, have kids that you want to encourage to start something they're passionate about, maybe you're a young teen listening, or really whatever age you are, it's never too early or too late to start. Katie shares that building community and connections were some of the first steps towards building her business and that that could be paralleled to anyone's business. We chat about that we all have the power to change people's lives in a big way. And we chat about if you have no idea where to begin, 
how to find some inspiration to start. So Katie encourages everyone who listens to this episode, who wants to get involved, who wants to learn more, who wants to contribute to Boot Camps for Change, that you please contact her. She truly called me afterwards and said, I want you to give out my phone number and my personal email address for partnerships, sponsorships, anything, okay? So if you feel moved by this episode, please reach out to Katie. Her email address is katie.hegtivit at ryerson.ca. I'm going to spell that. K-A-T-I-E dot H-E-G-G-T-V-E-I-T at ryerson.ca. Her phone number, if you want to text her or call her, is 647-244-0097. So reach out if you want to get involved. All right, let's dive into today's episode. today. Thank you so much for having me, Kelsey. So you are the founder of an organization called Bootcamps for Change, which is a community working to provide underprivileged Canadian youth with opportunities to build life skills through physical activity and participation in organized sports. So I am so thrilled to hear more about how this all came to be (laughs) and really for you to share your story and really how the business itself launched. So why don't we just start with some rapid fire just to warm you up a little bit and so that the listeners can get to know you. So when you feel stressed or overwhelmed, what do you do? So the first thing that I do when I feel stressed is honestly, I just go out for a run. Mm. You can see me running down Bloor Street when I'm stressed, that's what you know. I should have guessed being the <laughs> owner of boot camps for change, then it would be something active. Absolutely. I love getting massages mm. as well. I'll get my nails done and a glass or two of wine doesn't hurt. Good but, for you. You know, I try to keep it to a minimum. But that sounds exactly yes. like my response to that yeah. question too. Um, is there a book, a podcast or a blog that you're loving right now? Absolutely. So I actually just finished the book, Give Work, by my inspiration, Layla Jana. Um, this woman is a force. She essentially founded a company called Samasource and they provide tech work to people that grew up in slums, which totally blew my mind. And I have just started a book called Dead Aid and essentially it explains how certain charitable programs or charitable initiatives can actually undermine the local economy, which has been so interesting to me. Um, and one of my inspirations for giving youth work through my organization. So it's been amazing. Cool. (laughs) I will link both of those books in the show notes in case anyone would like to check out those. Um, All right. Is there a health habit you can't live without? Health habit, I'd say, is stretching in the morning. Mm -hmm. I have to. I don't know. I Maybe it's just my shoulders. I just get super tense if I don't stretch it out. And probably I'd say doing Kelsey's lower body class, Kelsey Rose's lower body class. Where do you do that? uh, She used to do them at Bolo, which is an awesome gym downtown, just moved to their permanent locations. Congrats, Callie. But uh, right now they're at Lululemon on Queen West, so Queen and Peter. Awesome. I will link that in the show notes as well. Uh, And where did you grow up, Katie? I grew up in London, Ontario. Cool. Okay. So let's rewind to your life (laughs) before boot camps for change. So right now you're determined to change how the population views street youth by removing barriers to employment education, life skills, and fitness and nutrition programs. So what led you to be so passionate about this work? Well, my growing up in London, Ontario, my family friend, she actually worked in a shelter 
So she had known my dad for years. They were camp counselors together. And when I had turned 12, you know, she kind of mentioned to me, would you ever want to volunteer in a shelter? And like many people in Toronto and Canada in general, probably I had a little bit of a barrier up at first. The perception that, you know, homelessness in general is a choice or it's it's due to drinking, drugs, or something that was their choice is totally wrong. A lot of these youth have, you know, they've been through a lot. There's external circumstances. So when I went into the shelter for the first time, I met a boy that was just like me. So that's when I kind of realized this might be my calling. And I wanted to change people's perceptions in thinking that homeless people are different from us. Actually, a lot of these homeless youth have more similarities than you might ever imagine. And when we send people into these shelters to work with these youth, they always tell me, they're like, oh my gosh, I connected so well with, there's a boy who gives me permission. His name is Ronaldo. And he's like, I speak Spanish. I'll teach you how to speak Spanish. And it's just been incredible to just change people's minds and just create this sort of conversation as to removing the blame from the individual versus looking at external circumstances. So cool. And yeah, I can't wait to chat with you more about that too. Um, let's rewind. What age were you when you began volunteering at the shelter? 12. 12. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> and so how many years did you volunteer for? And then was there a time when you left and moved off to school and stopped volunteering? Or tell us about that transition. <laughs> so to be honest, I've never stopped volunteering with oh, this sector. I love hearing that. Um, so I went to a Baha'i Faith high school in London, Ontario, and they had a protocol in place, which is 40 hours per semester for volunteering, not 40 hours over the course of four years. So in order to get your report card, you had to do those 40 hours. And we actually did weekly initiatives. So essentially, I volunteered from 12 until now. Uh, when I got to Ryerson University, when I was 18 years old, I started volunteering for the Trek for Teens Foundation, doing recruitment and outreach for them. And I've done a slew of things internationally, so Jamaica, Kenya, and it's always been, my heart's always been with youth that have been through something, because mm -hmm. I feel like they need someone to talk to. When I went through my mental health challenge, I didn't feel as though I had a solid person mm -hmm. to talk to. So. I've been able to connect with them so well and they feel like they can relate to me even though our circumstances are different to people on the outside I think our circumstances are the same mm -hmm. I love that you obviously turned something that you struggled with your mental health into now something that you can offer and it's always so it's fascinating really to learn that a lot of the most successful business owners and the most heart-led business owners they're doing work that they actually struggled with. You know what I mean? And I think that is really at the core of what makes a business thrive. And when you dig into a lot of entrepreneurs, they're doing exactly what <laughs> they wish freaks, they had. right? <laughs> yeah, freaks, but passionate Absolutely. Freaks. I am definitely very high, strong, high energy. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I definitely am always bouncing ideas off people and mm -hmm. having a great time. And another piece that I love is just that the school you went to had that protocol of 40 hours per semester. I certainly never had that. I think we maybe had like one hour that we needed a credit for uh, each semester or maybe it was through the whole year or it was 10 oh hours. Oh my gosh. I just think, and, and it was never something that was ingrained as, in me as a child that volunteer was really important. And now in my adulthood, I really realized that 
it is something that I'm yearning for Absolutely. and that I, that I wish I would have started earlier, but I know that there's so much opportunity. It's just that, you know, when you don't grow up around it, it doesn't become part of you. And so exactly. what you're doing is really important. And I think that 40 hours, I, I think 40 hours is a little bit of a stretch. Yes. Obviously, if, you know, there was a child who had to work to put themselves through mm-hmm. school, like they're saving for school, then they would definitely give them the exception and say, okay, no problem. But the reason why they were doing that is they actually wanted youth at the high school to discover their passions. And mm. I discovered my passion through this. So my love of health and fitness, but then also my love of youth that are experiencing homelessness or going through hardship is what inspired me to put this together. But I don't know if without my family friend, if I would have been comfortable mm-hmm. to put myself in the situation because of the stereotypes surrounding homelessness and just surrounding poverty in general, mm-hmm. that it's a moral failing and not, you know, a hardship. Basically. Yeah. So cool that volunteering ended up leading yeah. you towards your passion. So <laughs> Absolutely. that's a, a tip for all the listeners. Is it to is. Maybe get out, volunteer. You never know where it can lead you. You never know. Um, okay, so let's fast forward now to the time when the idea for Boot Camps for Change first came into your mind. When was that and what started sparking the vision for the organization? So essentially, after working in the Trek for Teens Foundation for about three years, I had a lot of kids that I was meeting. They were actually asking me what I was doing. They're like, what do you do for work, Katie? And I was like, oh, like I run a few boot camps and do some personal training. They're like, that's so cool. I wish I could afford to go to a place like that. Or they're like, how was your weekend? Uh, you know, have you tried spin? And I would be talking to them. And these youth showed this interest in it. But I was like, hold on a second. There's barriers to access. There's financial barriers. There's transportation barriers. So in my mind, I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go in and do it myself? And it's funny. One of the shelters that I worked with, like, for Trek for Teens Foundation, on their mm-hmm. website, it said, we need help with our wellness program. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, this is it. So I just sent them a cold email. I had kind of a rapport with them because of my work with Trek for Teens Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I did have a lot of experience. So that certainly helped with, you know, getting into these shelters. But I just shot them a cold email and they said, yep, you can come in every Friday. And I started that and it's just been such a rewarding experience. <laughs> Very cool. So how, like, are you still partnered with them now? Yeah. 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 So I go in every Friday at one 30 and we always like to blast that out. So, uh, although I wish I could be 10 places at once, I can't, but unless I'm literally puking my, puking my brains out, I'm there (laughs) or out of the country or out of the, out of the province. I'm there every Friday at one 30, no fail. And, uh, I think the long-term programs that we have are so beneficial for the population because, not only does the instructor get to know the youth, but the youth get to know you. Yeah. So they feel even more comfortable working with you. Working out can be kind of a vulnerable thing for some people. Mm-hmm. Although I must mention some of the youth that I work out with are killing it. They're doing better than me. Okay. <laughs> their, their cardio is better than me. Their stamina is better than me. I'm like, and that is when I kind of got the idea in addition to Layla Jana and reading about Sama Source and then reading her book was we should give these youth work in the fitness industry. Yeah. So I saw a few youth are killing it and I said, would you ever want to be a personal trainer or fitness instructor? And then they got so excited. The um, minimum income from my understanding, my research this year is the average personal trainer in Toronto can make up to $45 an hour and above. Mm-hmm. Some making 150, depending on what gym you're working at, your yeah. clientele, uh, your target demographic for who you're serving. But that's life changing for mm-hmm. a lot of these youth. 
So if I can give them a job and also make them feel good about themselves Mm -hmm. through fitness, win-win. Very cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Boot Camps for Change does right now? So obviously you mentioned that you want to provide work um, in the realm of personal training and fitness. What else is under the umbrella of Boot Camps for Change? Okay, so this may be a little bit long, so apologies to the Go for uh, listeners in advance. So essentially, what we do under our three pillars of physical health, mental health, and resilience, we facilitate weekly in-shelter fitness programs for youth in Toronto, so that's the ages between 16 and 24. Under the age of 16 in Canada, if you approached a shelter like Covenant House, they would actually turn you away. The government's responsible for you. But then the second that you turn 16, you're allowed to go to these shelters. So basically on a weekly basis, so three times a week, we do this in Toronto and then we're expanding. So we actually just opened in Halifax two days ago. I had just gotten back from Halifax and we're going to be working in in shelters there. But then also what we do is we throw these fitness fundraising parties with a variety of brands and influencers. And that's to create a platform, not only for awareness of what we're doing and to get fitness professionals interested in volunteering for us and volunteering in those shelters doing the fitness classes, but it's also to create a platform for community connection. It is so amazing, and I do this on purpose. If we're laying out mats at the events, and I know that there are four boot camp instructors or four yoga instructors, I put them together. Because I know they're gonna have something to talk about and seeing the photos from the events after is amazing because so many connections are being made. And the other thing that I'm working on right now is I'm taking food, a food security certificate at Ryerson. So boot camps for change is a part of this is I'm actually getting people from the nutrition program at Ryerson to volunteer in the food bank partner to our shelter, Young Street Mission. Uh, it's just on Parliament Street. And they're basically educating the community in an empathetic way about nutrition. The average income, disposable income that someone has that's using the Young Street Mission Food Bank is seven thirty-five a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't know how I could live on seven thirty-five, especially if I wanted to have a nutritious diet. Mm-hmm. So what we want these volunteers to do is be empathetic to their situation, their financial uh, restrictions, but educate them so hopefully when their situation changes and they improve you know their financial situation the Mm -hmm. information will be useful to them that was long sorry no it wasn't even that long i think you really you have your your organization's kind of pitch and overview really well crafted thank you which i'm always impressed with entrepreneurs when they can deliver in a very (laughs) like clear way what they do so i think you've got that nailed down absolutely thank Um, you what were some of the very, very first things you did to actually launch Boot Camps for Change? Like even the most micro thing, but I have a feeling that a lot of people listening, they're in that like ideation stage of like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to launch, you know, this dream business or I would love to help youth. What were some of the first steps that you did to actually make this a reality? So the first thing I did, well, I did two things and I think both are very important is don't be afraid to reach out to people. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to reach out. I feel like a lot of people, especially when maybe they're in the beginning stages of a venture, they think, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to believe in this. I don't even know what I want to do with it. And that's normal. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with not knowing where it's going to go. Because even the nutrition education program that I mentioned before, I had no idea that we were going to implement that in food banks mm-hmm. until the need was brought to me by that shelter. They said, hey, we want this. So don't be afraid to go with the flow. Don't be afraid to judge people. What I did 
So I'm on the Jays Care Committee. So that's the charitable arm of the MLB Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. And I actually ended up doing a fundraiser in support of them so that a bunch of Sportsnet anchors actually blasted us out. Mm -hmm. So that created awareness for us. And then using that momentum from that, I kind of really took a look into myself and I said, hey, I'm strong as a leader, meaning I'm creative, I'm ambitious, I'm ready to do the nitty gritty work, right, to get this stuff done. But when it comes to project management, A to B to C to D, that's my weakness. So then I realized my own weaknesses, and I don't think we got successful until I started capitalizing on my strengths versus trying to work on my weaknesses, if that makes sense. Mm. So by actually delegating tasks, like related to tasks, you know, I can't do them, these project management, innovation, creativity, me. Mm -hmm. That is my strength. But A to B to C to D, writing out plans, Mm -hmm. absolutely not. So don't be afraid to delegate those tasks, capitalize on your strengths versus Mm -hmm. working on your weaknesses. I'm not saying you shouldn't work on your weaknesses because obviously I'm self-improvement. I'm trying yeah, uh, to work on my project management skills. (laughs) But you can't be good at everything. And I think that I always think of the quote, double down on your strengths. Absolutely. Like you said, delegate your weakness instead of being like mediocre at everything. Taking everything on. I think that's a very wise thing to say is to hone in on the things that you're really here to do. And then I'm sure someone else is amazing at project management yeah. and can take that and run with it and amplify it. So that's really, really cool. Absolutely. You mentioned the word momentum and like you said, you ran that um, fundraiser with Jay's Care. Was that the tipping point of when things really started to take off? Or was there another moment that you had this like, aha, that you actually had built something? Well, that was one of the moments, but the big moment actually was after our yoga and mimosas event at the porch on Adelaide, you know, that nice rooftop bar with the beautiful CN Tower view. So in September of 2017, uh, I love the porch. I'm there kind of too much. (laughs) So uh, I, you know, reached out to the marketing manager there and she was like, hell yeah, Katie, we want to do this with you. So we kind of just threw together this yoga mimosas event and the instructor knew this local influencer who I mentioned earlier, Kelsey Rose. And when she came, I noticed she was taking a lot of photos. And then she kind of approached me after and said, wow, this was amazing. You have such a cool story. How can I help? And how can we create kind of a social media marketing campaign? And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Amazing. We have to use our local influencers, get them involved, you know, allow them to buy into this idea. And then maybe we can also get a ton of brands on board and use that to also create momentum. So after that event, it was kind of crazy. My email box was whack. Like wow. I woke up the next morning. I think I woke up to 21 emails, which may not sound like a lot, but from someone who, yeah. you know, was kind of just not really sure what they wanted to do and was just starting out to 21 emails in one day, that was like a huge thing for me. So um, that event was so much fun and the mimosas helped too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people will come out for mimosas, Absolutely. that's for sure. And I love that you're expanding the community to the point of involving quote unquote influencers and yeah. brands. And these are great opportunities for you to obviously build the network out, but to also, um, create an income stream through, yeah. you know, partnering with these people and, and getting people to volunteer their time. I think that, like you said, reaching out to people and not being afraid to start conversations. Yeah. You might get a lot of no's. You might Mm -hmm. ask people to host events and they say, you know, not right now, but 
there are going to be people who feel connected immediately to you. And what you do different than I'm sure a lot of other people is you're actually sending those emails and starting those conversations. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really want to have you on the Visionary Podcast (laughs) is because I can tell that you have a vision, you're driving it forward. So, of course. Um, have you ever encountered any major roadblocks that almost derailed you, or have things been smooth sailing uh, most of the time? Things have been generally smooth sailing. This Toronto community is so supportive, especially mm-hmm. the local brands. You know, we have had like Nike, Jordan, Vega, like some bigger brands that are maybe national or international, yeah. but the local community has been so supportive and responsive to us. I'd say the roadblock would be my stepping away from school. I'm still in school full time, but this is my passion project. So Mm -hmm. I think my grades have maybe taken a little bit of a hit because, you know, I have some friends that call me out. They, they go to the events all the time. They love it. And they think I'm crazy for doing this on top of school, but I'll be in class and I'll be like answering boot camps or change emails. And they say to me, they turn to me, they said, you said that you were going to be at least focusing in class. And doing boot camps for change after. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm guilty, right? Yes. Like, it's, and I'm no shame. It's not like I'm hiding my computer from them. No. Like, I'm just like, I really have to answer these emails right now. <laughs> so, if there were to be a roadblock, which, you know, I'm grateful that we haven't hit one yet, uh, a huge one, like a pinpoint, the roadblock yeah. would be an internal roadblock, which is, oh my gosh, I love this so much. But at the same time, I have to get my degree for my future career mm-hmm. and what I want to build. And, I want boot camps for change and my career to be interlocking, of course, but, you know, I do need to get that degree, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for you for continuing to do yeah. both. And so I'd love to know, because thinking back to myself in university, I worked like three hours a week at the yeah. gym, and I thought that was overwhelming. <laughs> so for people listening who are like, how does she do it all? Like, where do you gather the inspiration and motivation to be in school and to run the daily operations of boot camps for change? I think the reason why I have so much motivation is because, you know, I'm advocating for these programs outside of the shelters, but I think it's so personally important to me because I've actually seen firsthand the shift in the confidence of the youth. If I was just maybe advocating for a cause, like maybe I'm advocating for Red Cross for a natural disaster, but I actually haven't been to the natural disaster. When you go to the natural disaster, like the site of the natural disaster, you feel this responsibility you feel this pull towards it. So I think because I've had the pleasure and opportunity of going into the shelters myself and teaching the fitness classes myself, the personal connection is what drives the motivation for sure. Mm-hmm. You're right. That is so important to feel that deeper connection yeah. to uh, what it is that you're working on. And Absolutely. I think that can apply to so much, but how can you teach something if you've never you know, seen it firsthand or gone through it yourself? So really, really neat. Um, and with your busy, busy schedule, um, how do you like to keep yourself in good physical health? So with boot camps for change, obviously it's a very active and, um, company focused around healthy lifestyle. So for you, what do you love to do to stay active? So I love to go for runs all the time. I like to hit up some yoga. I've done yoga in the park a few times. Obviously Kelsey's class twice a week is killer. I would recommend it to anyone. She does canoe landing park on Saturday. Um, Queen and Peter on Monday. And then in terms of just taking care of myself, I do prioritize getting massages. I do spoil myself once in a while with a facial and getting my nails done. But the thing that's I find is most important to me is sleep. Mm. So as a busy person who 
you know, loves what she does, but at the same time needs to have a social life and is full-time in school and is also working. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't sleep, I find I am frazzled, not in the right mind. So I need to get seven hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, the most important self-care that I can do. I totally, totally agree. Yes. Um, and kind of final question about how you stay inspired, but is there someone that you admire either personally or professionally that inspires you? I'd say my whole team, to be honest. I mean, Layla Jana would be the professional inspiration, but then the actual personal inspiration would be my team. I had this lovely uh, sponsorship coordinator, Suzanne Vu. She works at SickKids and Donor Relations previously and now is in community events. And she literally just said to me today, she's like, I'm going to get the boot camps for change team and we're going to do the sick kids get loud event. And we're going to be like some cheerleaders in it. We're all going to be wearing boot camps for change t-shirts. And I recently had put out a posting for a social media, sorry, sponsorship coordinator director. And she was like, so what are you looking for in that? And I was like, it's yours. (laughs) So so personal, personal uh, connections that I've made from the team. It's just been amazing, and everyone is from a different walk of life. We have some people that are, you know, graduated their master's. They've been professionals for 10 years, but then we also have some students who are really interested in just getting involved and feeling Mm -hmm. that connection to Toronto, connection to youth. Whatever it is they're passionate about, they seem to be able to find it uh, Mm -hmm. together or within our organization. So what a treat it's been. And you mentioned the word team a couple times. Yes. So obviously you have not just yourself working for <laughs> Big Camps for Change. You have a support system and a team around you. When did that begin to form? And can you tell us how many people are part of the organization today? Sure. So right now we have five at our Laurier University chapter. So we opened up cool. a Laurier University club, a Boot Camps Change club. And we have about five directors there. So just facilitating events, workshops, getting the word out about physical health, mental health, resilience, and youth. And then our actual Toronto team has about 20 volunteers right wow. now. Yeah. That's a big, big crew. <laughs> yes. And then we're opening in Halifax, so uh, we'll be opening probably with seven. I've been in touch with LinkedIn, and you asked, you know, how that kind of got started, when that kind of got started. That happened before our September event, so before the Yoga Mimosas event, after my initial launch by myself, where... You know, most of my friends and family came out, but I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) And you learn by going through those experiences. Absolutely. So important to just get the first few under your belt. Yes. Um, So let's speak a little bit about just owning an organization like this and what your typical work week looks like. So um, could you tell us, is there a business tool or a resource or a program or a book that you couldn't live without being an organization owner? So I actually tried using Google Calendar and I yeah. failed miserably. <laughs> I am a written calendar gal. Yep. Um, but the only thing that I have to do to make sure that works for the whole team now is I have to actually, you know, let them know my availability because obviously when you're building a team or, you know, you have meetings with a certain group of people, we have to know each other's schedules. So that's why Google Calendar kind of made sense. But I failed. So mm-hmm. I am and I will always be a grandma with my old little notebook, walking around, writing all my appointments in. But if I lost that, I don't know where I'd be. And I know there's probably some app that I could use like Slack or, you know, some volunteer management app. But for now, it's been okay. But I know as we are growing and we are growing into Halifax, I would definitely have to use 
some sort of platform software online. But yeah. for now, my trusty old Indigo calendar. I think like five <laughs> years ago, I was the same as you. I, I I couldn't imagine parting from my written calendar. Yes, I know. It's it was amazing. really tough, and I tried multiple times, and I would go towards the Google Calendar, I'd come back, and now I can't imagine my life without it. But now I'm having the same struggle with project management tools. Yes. I'm still like a physical list person, yes. and I've tried all Me these too. project management tools, and I know they work so well for people to scale up and just have all their ideas organized, but I'm still in that phase where I'm like, I just can't give up my little list notebooks. Yes, so I will have to give I that understand. up soon. I, <laughs> as people are reaching out to us, I will have to give that up so I can convey, you know, my visions and our campaigns to them without, you know, going over to a coffee shop and showing them my notebooks. So. Um, as a business owner, has there been a milestone that you've been extremely proud of in your business? My emotional moment, and I have not gone emotional yet over the course of since Boot Camps for Change has launched uh, a little over a year ago, I had an emotional moment in Halifax. Oh. Uh, not only because we were actually splitting the funds. So Kayla's dad, the instructor, the influencer, point of contact, her dad passed away from lung cancer. So we split the funds between Boot Camp for Change and lung cancer. So then when she shared, shared a story and then I was able to share my story, it really kind of got emotional and I was like, wow, this could be something, especially after seeing the reactions from people saying they want to even get involved in the Halifax network. Mm-hmm. Feeling the love in Toronto is one thing, but then going to somewhere, I've never been to the East Coast, oh, going cool. somewhere I've never been and experiencing that love instantly. This is when I was like, I think I have something here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, this could be, it is going to be nationwide. I have plans for it to be nationwide, mm-hmm. but I wanted to touch youth in a way that the programs, the charitable programs in this nation in Canada haven't been or can't Mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of things in Canada, a lot of charitable programs, they give water, they give shelter, they give aid in ways that are not sustainable, meaning if they were taken away, the youth or the adults, whatever the situation may be, they're going to be at the same place before the intervention. So I actually want to change people's lives in a big way by giving them work and getting them out of the situation where they would need to access those services, like the aid that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, that's such a huge vision. Mm-hmm. And again, this is the reason why I'm so grateful to my friend Mariah for mentioning yeah. you to actually come on the podcast. because <laughs> Mariah's do. amazing. Yeah, she is. Social by nature. Check her out. Yes, um, check Mariah out. She uh, is helping us out with uh, pro bono. Oh, I had no idea. Yes, she she took on a few clients, so she's giving us uh, social media advice and stuff like that. That's super cool. She's great. She went to our Lyft Fitness event. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, and we'll definitely chat about upcoming events shortly. Um, Okay, so you mentioned expansion nationwide, and obviously you would love to travel, uh, I'm sure, a little bit more to open these new chapters. Are there any other future plans that you kind of have in mind, or what are next steps for growth for Boot Camps for Change? So... In terms of like a five-year, 10-year plan, I would want this to be, you know, in every province, hopefully, you know, a year and a half from now, but a five-year, 10-year plan, I want to be a professor. So I want to be working with students and having boot camps for change or some kind of volunteer, you know, encouragement integrated into the Canadian school system. And I want to be the flight to that Mm -hmm. of encouraging, you know, policies to, allow you to find their passion through these projects. I volunteering, it seems selfless, but at the same time, it gives me so much and it has given me so much, obviously by 
inspired me to create this. So with my master's degree that I will be working on, I want to be in the university scope, blasting mm. this everywhere. So cool. Yeah. And I love that you want to work with the school system too. Because yes. that's where a lot of change needs to start. Right? I think so and, as well, especially uh, mental health initiatives within 100%. schools. There's not enough. It has improved. Mm-hmm. When I was in elementary school, if you bullied someone on MySpace or you bullied someone on Facebook, it wasn't the school's problem. Now they're actually, you know, taking responsibility for that, even though it's not happening on campus. But mm-hmm. it wasn't talked about. It was seen as uh, character building. Yeah. Right? It's ridiculous. Crazy. And now things are, have obviously changed quite a bit. But yes. Yeah, I was still a lot to do. Talking to my sister yesterday and she was saying, why don't they teach uh, mindfulness and meditation and, and yoga in school? Like, I wish we had built up these skills as yeah. children. And I said, you know what? You are going to be the one to bring that to school. Exactly. It's like we need people to start realizing that we do have the power to make change, but it starts with one person. And, you know, why not move forward with that vision? Uh, because if not you, then who, really? Yeah, so. you can't wait for other people. That's one thing I've definitely learned mm. uh, in terms of, like, I started this, you know, on my own. I was scared, but I have been, you know, lucky enough to build this wonderful team. Mm-hmm. But we need to be able to start things on our own and have confidence in ourselves and kind of not care about what people think about it. Just mm-hmm. kind of follow your passion and then that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. So right now, what does a typical week in the life look like for you? Like how many hours do you devote to boot camps for change versus getting your degree <laughs> and having a life? So what does that look like? So I'd say boot camps for change. I have about 11 meetings a week wow. or so. Yes. But, that, that's, but that, that's not, those might not be an hour. Maybe it would be like yeah. a 30 minute coffee or something like that. But mm-hmm. if someone wants to know about boot camp for change, I'm there. <laughs> You're yes I don't care I, absolutely when it comes to boot camps for change uh if someone wants to know about it I'm there I don't care how long I have to travel you yeah. know what time of day it is because I've had some people on in different parts of Canada reach out and then I have to call them at like a weird time <laughs> like, <laughs> like in like Vancouver like I had to, yes it was so <laughs> funny um but if if they want to know about it it's there so mm-hmm. the average is kind of funny uh, I literally just looked at this the other week and I was counting I was like I do about 11 coffee meetings a week a little bit crazy. So I'd say those are one-on-one meetings, but then we have team meetings every other Wednesday. So that can be two, two hours. Sometimes we do something after like going to a workout class or something yeah. like that. So it can be three. And then my own work for Bootcaps for Change is, oh gosh, it varies week to week, but mm. I was just in Portugal and I was doing it and I was loving it. Yeah, <laughs> you were in Portugal on vacation and doing it, it, yeah, and doing life of I an probably did. Yeah. <laughs> I probably did fifteen hours, and it's funny because you know, my I was with I was there with my family, and they're looking at me. They're like, just relax, just relax. And I and I do relax. I love relaxing and going out with friends, of course. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I it didn't feel like stress. It didn't no. feel like work. I genuinely enjoyed still being on vacation and working mm-hmm. on this. So I think that's another indicator of. You know, obviously it's normal to be stressed and, and, and there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself mm-hmm. in any way that you see fit. But that's why I'm just kind of like, you know, I kind of love this. Mm-hmm. It's really <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. And I think when something lights you up so brightly, oh my gosh. it's like, of course I want to do this fiery. on vacation. I get fiery. Yeah. And it's part of you. So it comes yeah, everywhere with absolutely. you. So <laughs> you can just drop it in Toronto and be no. like, I'm going to go to Portugal and just not even think about it. It's no. like, 
well, no, there are things I could do. And yeah, absolutely. You're right. And if it doesn't stress you out, like, keep it as a part of your day. It's absolutely. obviously important. Um, cool. So if for someone listening who would like to get involved with boot camps for change, where can they go and what types of availability are there? So right now we're on the hunt for internal engagement coordinators. So what that kind of looks like is as we build our team and as we're scaling across Canada, so we're going to be using post-secondary institutions to kind of lead the way. So like we did with the Laurier University Club and the Dalhousie Club, that's going to be like a point of contact for the volunteers. So we're looking for coordinators, how to keep them engaged and also outreach. So, you know, reaching out to personal trainers and facilitating that kind of network of trainers and the team. So we're looking for more volunteer opportunities that actually have nothing to do with boot camps for change. So we did a Habitat for Humanity build day, for instance, and that was awesome, but it took, you know, it took me forever to find that. So we're looking for more fun things that the team can do, that the youth can do as well. Mm -hmm. Because we want to actually, at one point, we want to actually bring them out of the shelters and take them to a downtown gym. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, have that be, it would be private for their, for their comfort and depending on uh, the shelter's uh, requirements of that kind of field trip. Mm-hmm. But we want to, you know, put them through like a spin class or something like that. And it would be just them yeah. and the instructor. And that would be awesome. So Very we're looking cool. for local initiatives within different cities, if okay. that makes sense. Cool. And is all that on your website? It the is. I, I believe the position information is. It may, the deadline may have passed for that. Okay. We unfortunately didn't find a suitable candidate yet. But if you just people just want to get involved in general, they mm-hmm. can always just DM us on Instagram. There's quite a few people on that Instagram Very that are good. always active and answering. Yep. And our email is on our website as well. You can say hi cool. anytime. And uh, I have one last question that I'd love to ask all our guests. And so for someone listening who is yearning to start up a side hustle, a passion project, or a full-time venture, but they have no idea where to begin, (laughs) what advice would you offer them based on your own experience? I would say if there's something similar to the venture that you want to do, I'd say really go there and see how that's run. And then finding, you know, maybe the gaps within that, and then you can kind of address those within your new venture. So for instance, say you want to, I don't know, open up a food bank or like some kind of food aid system. You should volunteer Mm -hmm. in a food bank and see what are they struggling with? How do they operate? What are their successes? What are their downfalls? And then kind of integrate that, take what you've learned there. I think books are amazing and Mm -hmm. I love reading. I'm reading constantly, but the actual in-person experience, especially when it's related to what you want to do, I think can, you can learn so much from it. Mm-hmm. Just take those gaps, fix them in your adventure. So <laughs> true. It's actually kind of what led me to do the podcast is because for many, many years I would listen to other people's and I'd always say, oh, I wish they would ask that question. Yes, or, absolutely. I wish they would, and for me it was, I wish they would record in person mm. instead of over Skype because it's so much I think better. there's a lot that can be accomplished in a face-to-face conversation and you know, naturally when we connect with someone in person, we want to support them and yeah. like can further that relationship a lot easier. So anyways, and so like what you said, it's find someone who's doing it, find the gaps and modify it based on what you think your strengths are and then go for it. Yeah. Do it yourself, right? Yeah. Because you've just made it unique. And do not be afraid to reach out. You know, obviously going in, you would have to reach out first or maybe mm-hmm. apply or there'd be some protocol there. But even if there's someone, you know, in Atlantic Canada 
who has amazing experience. I use LinkedIn like a crazy person. They yeah. actually asked me to upgrade because I think I'm a recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you use it? So essentially what I do, so I'll go to First Connections, sorry, like First Connections if I want to reach out to someone that I've already spoken to. Yeah. But depending on what I want to do, I'll go Second Connection, Location, Toronto, and then I'll search in brackets what I'm looking for. So yeah. uh, personal trainer, nonprofit consultant, health and wellness uh, enthusiast, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I, and I just go ding, ding, ding. And I send a mass message to all of them. And I say, I'd love to chat. And people are surprised, actually. they don't. Some people don't use LinkedIn yeah. in person as much as they do online. But I'm like, I'd love to go for a coffee. I have this time available, this time available, and this time available. What time works for you? And it's Good just for been, you. It's been great for me. I try to connect with at least two strangers a week. Yeah. Yes. Oh, very cool. That's yeah. ambitious. But I think I try. LinkedIn <laughs> has a lot of power behind it too. I've found yeah. a lot of uh, clients through LinkedIn and yeah. had job opportunities come through. So I think that's a great tip to leave on is update your LinkedIn profile. You it never is very know. important. And it's the first thing that shows up when you Google yourself. That's not, not oh. a lot of people know that. So you set that up with Google. Yeah. Um, for, you know, whenever someone applies to yeah. volunteer for us, the first thing I do is Google them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's the first thing that comes up on purpose mm-hmm. so that you know employers can find you so it it best be looking good if you're yeah. going to be applying for jobs because uh from my understanding and the recruiters that i've spoken with or uh hr hiring teams the first yeah. thing they do is google you huh and that's fascinating i had no idea yeah. that that would be the first social media that would yeah. come up awesome well katie thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful information <laughs> thank you, you for are, having me on yeah not only are you visionary but you seem to be a very inspiring business owner and you have a lot of incredible advice to offer so i would encourage people to check out bootcamp boot camps for change online uh, follow your instagram and to connect with you if they have any questions so thank you so much for having me on Thanks for listening to this episode of the Visionary Life Podcast. What did you think? Did you learn something new or did you get inspired to take action on a new project? I hope so. My intention is to build community and conversation around the topics of building a visionary career path, entrepreneurship, and living a life you truly love. I would love for you to join my insiders community. Just search Visionary Life by Kelsey Rydell on Facebook. The best part about this Facebook group is that each Thursday, I post a question that will challenge you to think about how you are living your own most visionary life, and we get great responses on there that will inspire you. You can also find me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I do send a little gift and visionary love note from me to everyone who leaves a rating and review. Just take a screenshot of your review once it's in and send it to me on Instagram with your shipping address. If you're interested in working with me, just head to KelseyRidal.com. And until next Sunday, have a visionary day.